Well, hey there, everyone. I'm Daniel Hahn, and I'm the online campus pastor here at Oxford Assembly of God Church, and this is our podcast. And I just want to thank you for listening today. We hope the message you're about to hear inspires you, builds your faith, and helps you see that God has a purpose for your life. And now, let's get into the message. Daniel texted me Thursday morning, I believe it was. You know, he likes to give some advertisement to our messages. He said, do you have a title for your message or what you're going to be preaching on? I said, I don't have a clue. <laughs> I don't like to say that, but it's, I'll just be honest with you. And I said, do you have any suggestions? Now, this was all by text. And he texts me a one-word reply, Jesus. And you know what? That triggered something. It triggered something in me, and the thought was Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. Amen. The gift that keeps on giving. Almost, if not every one of us, can quote some version of John 3.16. Now, I know growing up, the only version we knew was King James. That's what we learned in school. They let you learn in school back then. And now we have all different versions. So most of us can quote at least a similarity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. From this verse and so many others... We know that our God, whether we're talking about God the Father, God the Son, or God the Holy Spirit, our God is a giver. Two weeks from tomorrow, we celebrate Christmas, the day that we celebrate a gift that when it was given, most people didn't think much of it. I mean, babies are born every day, right? And this baby was poor. His family was destitute. Insignificant family. Some nobodies. Just a small gift. And we know that this gift never owned a house or a home. We know that he died in a manner reserved for the most despicable. And several hundred years before he was born, Isaiah said this about him. For he grew up before him like a young plant and like a root out of dry ground. He had no former majesty that we should look at him and no beauty that we should desire him. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. As from one from whom men hid their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. And I know we're always talking about how beautiful a, a baby is. But apparently Jesus was not that handsome 
baby. That beautiful baby because the Bible says there was nothing really significant about him. He came into his own, John said. They received him not. Let's read in John chapter 1, verse 9, where it says, The true light, which gives light to everyone. See, he's a giver. The true light, which gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. Verse we read last week, but to those, but to all who did receive him, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. He was the light of the world. He was the true light, and he was what? The giver of life. This little rejected gift is a gift that keeps on giving. He's still giving light in the world today. Yeah, I remember growing up as a kid in the Assemblies of God that when we'd have missionaries from Africa, somebody was, went to Africa as a missionary, we'd love to hear them because they would come back and tell you some awesome stories. Because Africa was the dark continent. Did you know Africa will probably be the first continent they can ever say that they are a Christian continent? They're almost 50-50 right now. And revival is sweeping Africa. Jesus is still spreading light in the dark continent. I can tell you that sometimes I think maybe the United States is getting darker but Jesus Christ is still giving light in the darkest situations. He is a gift that still keeps giving. John chapter 3, we are referred to 16, but let's pick up reading at verse 17. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. He didn't give his son to condemn the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. And then if you drop down to verse 34, look what it says. For he whom God has sent, or the one that God has given, utters the words of God. For he gives the Spirit. He gives the Spirit without measure. The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. This little rejected gift is still giving today. I realize this is a complex thought, and it's far greater than what I'm, the significance I'm fixing to give it. But I think what I'm about to say is true. God gave His Son. That's a great gift. Jesus gave his life, and he gave the Spirit. And the Spirit gives us strength and a relationship. God is still 
giving. Jesus Christ, the same yesterday, today, and forever. God, the same yesterday, today, and forever. The Spirit, the same yesterday, today, and forever. He is still giving. It's a gift that keeps on giving. We ask the question, well, what is the greatest gift He has given? We know He gave Jesus. We gave the Spirit. But what is the greatest gift He has given I really can't say, Bill, what was the greatest. Because eternal life's pretty good. The love of God's pretty good. The gift of healing's pretty good. The gift of salvation is pretty good. The gift of heaven, all of these things are great gifts. So what is the greatest? Really, can't put them in numerical order. But I think we have to begin with the gift of faith. He gave his son Jesus, but without faith, that gift is never opened. Without faith, we never accept him. Without faith, it has to begin with faith. And I know, maybe it's just me. It may be just me, but I get frustrated when I hear Christians that make a big deal of how good they are because they got saved. Gator, we didn't have much to do with it. It was a gift. And we were blessed. And we were obedient enough. And we opened that gift. The gift of faith. Hebrews chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses... Let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the founder. You know what that means? That means he started it. That faith did not start with you. It was a gift that Jesus gave. The founder and perfecter or the completion of our faith who for the joy that set before him. Now, I don't know how, I, I struggle with that verse. If I knew that I was headed toward the cross, I don't know if I could call that joy. But he wanted to give the gift of eternal life so bad that he said, I consider it all joy that set before me, that he would give his life so they could give us eternal life. What a gift. What a gift. We're going to look at quite a few verses in the book of Romans. Many of them are very familiar to you. But let's go to Romans chapter 10. Romans chapter 10. Going to want to begin reading with verse 6. But the righteousness based on faith says, do not say in your heart, who will ascend into heaven? That is to bring the gift down. Or who will descend into the abyss? That is to bring the gift up from the dead. But what does it say? The word, the gift is near you, in your mouth and in your heart. 
That is the word of faith that we proclaim. Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with a heart, one who believes and is justified, and with a mouth, one confesses and is saved. For the scripture says, everyone who believes in him will not be put to shame. For there's no distinction between Jew and Greek. For the same Lord is Lord of all, bestowing his riches on all who call upon him. You know what that tells me? Doesn't matter what nationality. Doesn't matter where you're from. Doesn't matter how much money you got. It tells us, I've got a gift for you. And that gift is a gift of faith so that you can have eternal life. Wow. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord. Or everyone that opens that gift shall be saved. Y'all have to excuse me a minute. My, my, my microphone's hung on my glasses. I can't see what I'm saying. That's tough, man. Or we'll be saved. Wow. We'll be saved. How then will they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how do they believe in him in whom they've never heard? And how do they hear without someone preaching? And how do they preach unless, somebody, unless they're sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news. Aren't you glad somebody came to you and told you about Jesus? Oh, I love Christmas. I love this time of year. And I remember of, of all my Christmases as a kid growing up, you know what's the predominant thought? Maybe I'm one of those wise guys. Some people call them wise men, but I like wise guys better. Or a shepherd. And back in the church that I was from, you know, we didn't have those fancy outfits. Somebody loaned us a house coat. But I remember Gator the Christmas story. I remember the greatest gift that was given. That's Jesus. And I'm glad that that gift is still giving today. Hallelujah. All these years later. But they have not obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says, Lord, who has believed? What has he heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing through the word of Christ. Faith. Faith. If you back up to chapter 1 in Romans. Chapter 1, verse 11. For I long to see you that I may impart to you some spiritual gift. This is Paul speaking. He said, I want to give you a gift to strengthen you. That is that we may be mutually encouraged from each other's faith, both yours and mine. Both yours and mine. I am so thankful for those of you that are watching online today. I thank God. I'm amazed at how many people Throughout the world, literally, get to watch us online. They get to hear you singing. They get to hear you praising. It's an amazing thing that we get to do that. But you know what? As much as I'm grateful for that, we need to realize that we should not be forsaking the assembly of ourselves together. Why? Because we need to encourage one another. 
That's the reason we try to remember, and I'm the world's worst at it. Those of you online, you know, I forgive me because sometimes I forget to acknowledge, to encourage you because I know you would like to be here, but can't. But God has given us the gift and he wants us to encourage one another with the gifts that God has given us, a gift that keeps on giving. Hallelujah. And then if you drop down to verse 16. For I'm not ashamed of the gospel. For it's the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. To the Jew first and also to the Greek. For in it the righteousness of God is revealed from faith for faith. As is written, the righteous shall live by faith. Now that's an interesting word. And this translation says faith for faith. King James Version says it's faith to faith. The New Living Translation says faith from start to finish. The reality is God gives us faith and we start with just a little bitty dab of faith. And guess what? Faith comes by hearing. We can stop with that. Faith comes as we yield ourselves to God. As we continue to open up his present, the word of God. As we begin to open that, faith comes, faith is built, faith grows as we put ourselves in his hand. As we continue to recognize that great faith that God has given us. So I want you to tell you something, folks. Quit glorying in how much faith you have. Just glory in how big your God is. Because bigger your God gets, the bigger your faith will be. And the bigger your faith is, the lower you'll realize that Christ is a gift that keeps on giving and giving and giving. Philippians 1.6 says, and I'm sure of this, that he who began a good work in you will bring it to completion at the day of Christ. He says, I didn't give you that gift and let it go to waste. You've got it. And I believe it's going to come to completion the day of Christ. Romans chapter 12, verse 3. For by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think himself more highly than he ought, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has assigned. What's that mean? That means if God has given us a greater gift of faith, that's not our doing, that's God's. And I'm glad that we can cause and allow faith to grow in us before faith comes. I saw something on Facebook the other day, maybe I can remember how it was, that a, a, a woman was talking to her pastor and she said, well, you know, I want to hear, hear from God. And said, well, talk to him. Well, no, I want to hear from him. Well, read your Bible. He said, well, I want to hear the audible voice. He said, read it out loud. <laughs> because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Jesus is a gift that keeps on giving. Well, where do we go next? How's a Jesus a gift that keeps on giving and giving? Well, again, I had to lump a bunch of them together because they're, they're all so significant. 
Well, what about the gift of grace? I'm glad God gives me a new gift every, every day. I know some of your spirits enough you don't need. I need God's grace every day. Why? Because I have to drive on these roads. I have to go to Walmart. I have to put up with you. I know. I wanted to go there. God gives us grace every day. How about peace? How about love? How about hope? All of those are gifts of God that you don't earn. They're truly gifts and they're from God. There's so many scriptures that I could share, but I want to just share just a few. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him we have also obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand. And we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. How many thinks the world needs a good dose of hope today? We can get it through Jesus. Because he is the hope of the world. He is the hope. Not that only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance. And endurance produces character. And character produces hope. Now, we need to understand there's a difference between that character and being a character. Some of us are good at being a character, but God wants us to develop character through his spirit working in us and through us. Drop down to verse 15. Drop down to first thing. But the free gift is not like the trespass, for if many died through one man's trespass, much more have the grace of God and the free gift by the grace of one man, Jesus Christ, abounded for many. And the free gift is not like the result of one man's sin, for the judgment following trespass brought condemnation. But the free gift following many trespasses brought justification. For if because of one man's trespass, death reigned through the one man, much more will those who receive the abundance of grace and the free gift of righteousness reign in life through that one man, Jesus Christ. Wow. Drop down to verse 20. Now the law came in to increase the trespass, but where sin increased... Grace abounded all the more. All the more. So that sin reigned in death. Grace also might reign through righteousness leading to eternal life through Jesus Christ. Wow. I said, wow. The darker the room, the greater the need for light. The greater the battle, the more grace is given. The more hopeless the situation, the more hope he gives. If we had time to go around tonight or today and ask you to share a time that it looked hopeless, when it looked like everything was bleak, when it was dark, some of you could say there was a glimmer of light. And that light was Jesus. When it looked hopeless, nothing looked like it was even possible. But as Abraham said, against all hope, 
but it looked hopeless. God was there on the scene. The greater the battle, the more grace is given. The more hopeless situation, the more hope it gives. If you need hope today, open the present. You know, there's, there's only one unforgivable sin. There's only one unforgivable sin. And I'm putting it in my terminology today. We know it says the blaspheme of the Holy Spirit. But basically, the only unpardonable sin is the rejection of the Holy Spirit. So if you know that there's a gift under the Christmas tree that says Jesus... And you never open that gift. You'll never receive the hope. You'll never receive the grace. You'll never receive the eternal life. You'll never receive all that Jesus has for you. Because you didn't open the present. So if you want hope, open the present. If you need grace, open the present. You need his love. Open the present. Now, the Apostle John gives us a whole lot of things from that list. But in John chapter 14, I think my, my favorite scriptures, I believe, in the entire Bible is John 14, 15 through 17. The time after the upper room in Gethsemane. But it says in John 14, 25. These things I've spoken to you while I'm still with you. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace. Now, how many knows that the disciples were getting ready to need some of that peace? He was getting ready to leave them. And their life revolved around him. I mean, they traveled with him. Basically lived with him 24 hours a day for three years. And he said, peace, I leave with you. But he didn't just say peace. He said, my peace I give to you. Not as the world gives, do I give it to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let them be afraid. In other words, if you want peace, take my peace. Now, when I was reading that, I began to ask myself, did Jesus, did I ever find him where he was worrying about anything? Huh? Give me any scripture in the Bible that you think that Jesus was worried or alarmed. You say, yeah, but he was God. He was also fully man. But I find nothing... The only thing that really upset Jesus was religious people. Boy, that'd be a, that, that'd be a, that puts a damper on some people, don't it? God doesn't like religious people. He loves sinners that they know they're sinners, and he's got a gift he wants to give them. A gift that will keep on giving. He says, my peace. So whenever I read that, Gator... I was reminded of the storm at sea. All of the disciples were scared. 
They were scared to death. They were scared. And Jesus was too. No, he wasn't. He was sleeping in the boat. Folks, if there's a storm in your life, God wants to give you the peace so you can sleep through the storm. You say, wait a minute, sleep through the storm. Yeah. I was nine years old when Hurricane Donna came through right over my house and right over this area. And it was a pretty big one. And my mother stayed awake all night watching the storm. I slept through it. I slept through it. You know why? And at that time, I wasn't so strong in faith. I just knew my mom was going to stay awake and take care of me. I didn't need to worry about it. Huh? I want to tell you something. Your, your master is on standby. He's, he's got this. And nothing alarms him. And at this time, now I know that sometimes God causes the storm to go the other direction. Sometimes God speaks to the storm and says, peace, be still. But then sometimes he speaks peace to you to go through the storm. Now, Paul was another illustration. Paul, early on, God revealed to him that he was going to go through some tough times. I know I've, I've heard people say, well, if Paul had had enough faith... He wouldn't have had to go through that. I've only got one word for that. Can you read lips? <laughs> Paul had all the faith in the world. He had enough faith to say, I'm putting my faith and trust in God. I'm putting my faith and Jesus himself told me, my grace is sufficient for what you're going through. So he went through a lot and he was wrote and, uh, to the church at Philippi while he was in jail. And he wrote these words, if I can find it. Philippians chapter 4. Philippians chapter 4 verse 10. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly in the midst of his trial. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have received, revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but you had no opportunity. Now, what was he talking about? He was talking about the church there at Philippi had taken an offering and sent it to him to help him out. He did that. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I've learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low, and I know how to abound. Now, what in the world does that mean? That means he indeed knows how to eat caviar and steak. But he also knows how to eat beans and rice. Whatever he needs. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the sacred secret of facing plenty and hunger, abundance, and need. I can do all things through Christ which strengtheneth me. I can do all things. Yet it was this kind of you to share my trouble. And you Philippians yourselves know that at the beginning of the gospel, when I left Macedonia, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving except you only. Even in Thessalonica, you sent me help for my needs once and again. Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit 
that increases to your credit. I receive full payment and more. I am well supplied. Having received from Ephrodites the gifts that you sent, a fragrant offering, a sacrifice, accepting, acceptable and pleasing to God. Now remember just right there, he said, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. That, <coughs> excuse me. That was Paul's commitment. I can do all things. But then he says, you've blessed me. And verse 29, and my God will supply every need of yours according to his riches and glory forever and ever. Amen. I told you that God gave his son. Jesus gave his life. And he gave the Holy Spirit. That's a gift that at salvation we receive his spirit. But there's much more of his spirit that we can receive. Because the Bible says out of his spirit. How many knows you don't get it all? Even those of you that have been filled with the spirit for many, many years. I will remind you that you didn't get it all. I said you didn't get all. God's still giving gifts. He's still giving his spirit. He's still giving his wisdom. We didn't even cover that in James. He's still giving his knowledge. All these things he's given. Look with me in Romans, back in chapter 12. Romans chapter 12. Bear with me. I'm about to wind this, land this airplane. You'll just, I'm circling the airport now, okay? <laughs> Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. The one, no, excuse me, Romans, Romans chapter 12, verse 6 through 8. And that's not the right one. Okay. Having gifts that differ according to the grace given to us, let us use them. Grace, if prophecy in proportion to our faith, if service in our serving, the one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. In other words, I said the gift of the Holy Spirit because there's only one spirit, but many gifts. I did not say the gifts of the Spirit. I said the gift of the Holy Spirit. And out of that gift of the Holy Spirit comes many, many gifts. And I can tell you that Jesus Christ, the giver of gifts, is still giving gifts today. He's still giving gifts today. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter uh, 12. Chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts, but the same Spirit. And there are varieties of service, but the same Lord. And there are varieties of activities, but it's the same God who empowers them all in everyone. To each one is given the manifestation of the Spirit for the common good. 
For to one is given through the Spirit the utterance of wisdom, and to another an utterance of knowledge according to the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healing by the one Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another the ability to distinguish between the Spirits, to another various kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. All these are empowered by one and the same Spirit who apportions each one individually as he wills. As he wills. Now I wanted you to go back to Romans chapter 4. Because we stopped one verse early. And I did that intentionally. Romans chapter 4. When we read that whole list of scripture. But in verse 5. And hope does not put us to shame. Because God's love. How many thinks God's love is a gift? God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. So if you want to love more, open this gift of the Spirit. Let the Holy Spirit fill you with more love. I can tell you there's some people that's not lovable. I mean, nobody, none, of the, none of that's you. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that to you. But you've probably run into somebody somewhere that was not lovable. But God can give you the gift to love them. Jesus, the gift that keeps on giving. Little baby. Poor family. None of those in there except maybe Mary understood the significance. Maybe Joseph. But I know us men, we're slow learners. Insignificant gift. But I'm glad that that gift is still given today. And he's got gifts for you. One of the difficulties with Christmas for me is all the work that goes into it. Looking for the perfect gift and you find out that your wife didn't want a new lawnmower. Or she didn't even like that restaurant that you bought her a gift ticket to. You know what I'm talking about. Or you give a gift to a three-year-old and he plays with the paper. And throws the gift away. But our God knows exactly what you need. And here today... If I, if I went around and asked some of you what you needed for Christmas, somebody said, I don't need a thing. And that would be true for many of us. I mean, some things we desire, but we really don't need much. But if God says, what do you need from me today? 
what would you ask him for? Or more importantly, would you take time to open it? Let's bow our heads in prayer. Holy Father, thank you for your word. God, thank you for the great worship that we had earlier. And God, I ask that that spirit of worship just come back in to help us to worship you. Because if nothing else, we can be like Paul. We can be like Paul and say, God, I'm content because you've blessed me. But there, God, there's some people here today that may need salvation. What a great gift. There's some that may need more grace, more faith. There may be some that need healing. And God, I pray particularly, my heart's burdened for those that are caregivers. God, I know the struggle they're going through. And they need your peace. They need your strength. They need your grace. They need your hope. So, fathers, we worship you today. Help us to open that gift. God, there's some here that need the baptism and the anointing of the Holy Spirit. There's some here that need direction. Some here that need wisdom. All of them are gifts that you've given us. Help us to receive them right now. Help us to receive them right now. God, those that are watching online, fill them with faith. God, there's some that they're, they're hopeless. They don't know what to do next. But God, we ask you to minister by your power and your strength. Touch them in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. I'd like to ask you if you'd stand and let's worship the Lord together as we're singing this old, old course. If you need prayer, I ask you to come. And coming forward is just an act of opening that present that God is giving you. So let's worship the Lord together. If you need to receive Christ, the altar's open. Someone will be glad to pray with you and pray for you. Lead us, Brother Lee. On behalf of our pastor and staff here at OAG, we want to say thank you. Thank you for being a part of our ministry. We are grateful for you and the support you give our church and its ministries so that we can continue to do what God has called us to do, to be the family church for the family of God. For more content from Pastor Strickland and Oxford Assembly of God, check out our media website at oag.church/media.